Greetings, everybody. This is David Avocado Wolf, and we are gearing up for the best longevity conference ever. Finally, after all these years, we have got to the venue we've been looking at all this time. I've been looking at this venue for 20 years. It's the Anaheim Hilton in Orange County, California. It's right next to Disneyland. It's an awesome venue. We've got 2,000 people coming in from around the world to be at this event, and we've got an awesome lineup of speakers. The event is April 24th through 26th, 2015. So that's coming up real shortly. And all the details are at www.longevityconference.com. So that's a Friday through a Sunday. If you can lock in that weekend and be there, that would be the best ever. We'd love to have you bring your friends, bring your family, meet up with friends and family in Southern California. And we are going to rock that weekend with some awesome information, some really good times, an epic tonic bar. We've got all new recipes and a really a cool thing happening there. And we're going to be lighting up with some education, especially by some of our best speakers, one of whom I have with us right now, Dr. Daniel Amen. Hey, David. So nice to hear your voice. Nice to hear you, too. Last time I saw you was actually on, I saw you on TV. I was in Tampa Bay, and I saw you and Tana were on, a, on like, PBS doing some kind of a special. Tell, me, tell us about that real quick. Yeah, it was our ninth public television special uh, called Healing ADD, and it has just been crazy successful because ADD is rampant in our society, and most people have no idea what to do for it. Should I take medicine? I shouldn't take medicine. And... My relationship with public television has just been amazing. They really allow us a platform to teach people that their brain matters. And ultimately, it's how to become a brain warrior. I mean, it's the most important organ in the history of the universe. And virtually nobody cares about it because you can't see it. <laughs> and so... You know, I live in Newport Beach, California, where we have more plastic surgeons than almost anywhere. And I always say we care more about our faces, our breasts, our bellies, and our butts than we do our brain, which is really nuts when you think about it because it runs everything. That's You are so right on about that. And I love that just cutting common sense. It just cuts through everything. And you, you've kind of hit me over the head with that years ago when I first met you. And it's just been on my mind ever since. It's like, whoa, we need to focus on the brain. And I think what you're on to, you know, dealing with brain issues like ADD, which we're going to get into here in a moment, is so, so important. And I really think if, you know, if civilization is to break through, if we are to have that next level of civilization, if we're going to get out of all the chaos, we got to get our brains straightened out, right? I mean, isn't that the core of it all? Well, it is. And we're just going the wrong way. Um, <laughs> you know, there are 200 studies that say as your weight goes up, the size and function of your brain goes down. So at two thirds of us overweight, it's the biggest brain drain in the history of the United States. Alzheimer's is expected to triple in the next 25 years. There is no cure on the horizon. It starts in your brain decades before you have any symptoms and both ADD and depression increase your risk for Alzheimer's disease. And so when you really fall in love with your brain, what, what you ultimately end up attacking is obesity, ADD, Alzheimer's disease, and depression. And it's the same program. I mean, that's the thing that really gets me excited is, you know, there are many ways to get sick. There's really one way to get better. 
That's fantastic. Let's let's just jump right into it because ADD, you know, is is affecting pretty much our whole society. I know it's affected you. Tell us about how how you got into studying ADD. Was it was it something in your personal life? I know you wrote a book on ADD. It's almost fifteen years ago now. Well, and I wrote the predecessor to that probably twenty years ago because I, I know more about this than I want to. So, <laughs> um, I have an adopted son that has it, and so you know it's a biological thing. I mean, it's genetic. It runs in families. You get it from your mother or your father. And so I think I'm biologically clean of it. And then uh, one of my daughters had it. I mean, hyperactive from before birth. She was just a hellion. And, you know, you, you've probably seen kids on little yellow leashes in the mall. Well, she would have been on one Except I wrote a column in the local newspaper where I live. So whenever I'd go to the mall, people would recognize me. And so I, I couldn't have her on a leash. So they go, oh, hi, Dr. Amon. I love your column. Why is your child on a leash? So <laughs> I'm like, so I couldn't deal with that. And so I used to put her in her stroller and tie her shoes together so she couldn't get out. And now 30% of three-year-olds look hyperactive. Only about 5 to 10% of four-year-olds. So the first time you can really diagnose it in kids thoughtfully is about four years old. And But, you know, four years old, I take her to another doctor who goes, yeah, she has it. And then he looked at me and looked at my wife at the time and said, so where is this coming from? And I'm like, it's obviously not me, focused, on time. Every book I've ever written, I've turned it on time. And Caitlin's mother goes, well, it can't be me. but you know, she took like 12 years to get through college. And when we understood about ADD in my wife and in my daughter and in my son, I'm like, no wonder my life is crazy. Because when you live in an ADD household, whether you have ADD or you don't, it's chronic stress. It's people are late, they're emotional, they don't follow through. And it was hard to... And it gave me great empathy as a psychiatrist dealing with my ADD patients. I mean, I like understood it better than most people, that it's it's not the flavor of the month illness. It's not a fad left untreated. It devastates people's life. A brand new study just came out last week. Left untreated, people die about 10 years earlier than people who don't have it. Whoa. So ADD, attention deficit disorder, give us, let's run down some of the symptoms. Let's say you're, you're 20 years old. What, what would you have? You'd be, you'd be hyperactive, can't show up on time, can't stay focused. What are some of the things? There's, I think of really five hallmark symptoms, short attention span for regular routine, everyday things. So for things that are new, or novel, or highly interesting, stimulating, or frightening. So things that have their own intrinsic stimulation, people with ADD can pay attention just fine. But when you talk to their teachers, or talk to their spouses, or talk to their employers, they're like, this person's just easily distracted, their attention span's short, they tend not to be very organized in their space, in fact, sort of mess seems to follow them. And if you remember the old pig pen character in Peanuts, uh, mm -hmm. they tend to procrastinate. They don't do something until somebody's mad at them. They have issues with impulse control, which means they don't sort of think it all the way through. So they tend to get arrested more. They tend to have more affairs. They tend to have more bankruptcies. 
and they don't follow through on the health things that you want them to do. So they'll come and they'll go, Dr. Amy, I want to help with this. And so you give them a plan. And if it's you don't hold their hand and harass them a little bit, they won't do this. And that can be so problematic in everything in their life. Now, they often make great salespeople because they can juggle a bunch of balls at once. They can be a great CEO if they have a great COO. So they can be, you know, wonderful executive because they have lots of ideas and they're often really bright, but they need somebody to follow through on things. Otherwise, it doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of like the raccoon syndrome a little bit where their attention's at this shiny object and then that shiny object and then another shiny object. And that can be really hard. Now, you you differentiate. You've got a you've got your brand new revised edition of Healing ADD out and you've got seven different types of ADD. Give us a little impression about that. Well, so I started doing the brain imaging work we do at Amen Clinics in 1991, and I've just been obsessed with it because um, if you think of it, an image is worth a thousand words, but a map is worth a thousand images. In fact, a map tells you where you are and where you want to go. And so the, the brain imaging or the brain mapping work we do literally revolutionized everything in my life. So I saw my own brain and developed this concept I call brain envy. I didn't like it, so I wanted it better. And so I developed a lot of the processes and protocols we do at Amen Clinics. And in the process of looking at people's brains, you know, initially, because I didn't know better, I'm like, oh, ADD, what's that? It's probably low frontal lobe function. And we saw that sort of the hallmark symptom of it. But everybody wasn't the same. And some people had low frontal lobe function. Some people had high frontal lobe function. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, these are the people who don't get better on stimulants. And the more people I did, the more we were able to tease apart ADD is not one thing. Stop giving everybody Ritalin. Makes some people better, some people worse. And I went on to describe different types. So type 1 is what we call classic ADD. Those symptoms I just described to you, short attention span, distractibility, disorganization, procrastination, impulse control problems. But they're also restless. They can't sit still. Like going to movies, painful for them unless like 800 people get killed in the movie. The second type is what we call inattentive ADD, which is more common in girls. And they're not hyperactive and really not terribly impulsive, but short attention span, distractibility, disorganized. Um, They often get missed, uh, and people think of them as not that smart. Type 3 I described really early on because I had another very personal connection with children and grandchildren of alcoholics was that over-focused ADD is the problem is not that they can't pay attention, it's they can't shift their attention. Now, both of them ultimately can't pay attention, but the over-focused people, they just get stuck on worries and grudges, and if things don't go their way, they get upset. They tend to be argumentative and oppositional, um, often get diagnosed with ADD, but stimulants usually make them more anxious and more obsessive. And then there's another type called the ring of 
fire. Uh, it's like their whole brain's working too hard. Could be an allergy, could be some sort of inflammation, like from Lyme disease. It's like they don't do well on the traditional ADD medicine, even though they have the worst ADD symptoms. And so if you know the type, then you can target the medicine or supplement or behavioral interventions to their specific type. And it's really helped us. Uh, we actually do an outcome study on every patient we see. I have six clinics around the country, soon to be seven. And we have the best outcomes of anybody I know in psychiatry, but it's because we look. You know, we don't just make diagnoses based on symptoms. We make diagnoses based on symptoms plus how your brain's working or not working. Are you are you guys the only ones out there that are actually imaging brains and using that as a component of diagnosis? I'm not the only ones. You know, okay. there's probably, you know, looking at the brain in one way or another. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of hundred of us. I'm just the noisiest one. Okay. The most experienced. <laughs> I'm one of seven children and I was third, so nobody paid attention to me growing up. So I'm trying to make up for it. Um, speaking of that, now let's get through the, you have a, like kind of an overall, like generalized thing about ADD of what to do. You know, that's kind of your, your salve or your solution. I think that's probably a, apropos to every type of ADD. You want to tell us what that is? So, um, there are things everybody should do. Multiple vitamin, like a really high quality multiple vitamin. Why? Because people with ADD often eat terribly because they don't plan their meals. So the basic nutrition, especially with B vitamins, fish oil. I'm just a huge fan. But it's not any kind of fish oil. It's EPA. It tends to be more helpful for most of the types of ADD as opposed to DHA. DHA tends to calm the brain. seems mm -hmm. to be helpful for anxiety and memory. EPA is much better for mood and for focus. And so multiple vitamin, fish oil, exercise, head-to-head -head against stimulants in some studies that exercise is equally effective. And so if you've got a rambunctious, hyperactive child, get rid of the gadgets. Get rid of the gadgets because they just make them more ADD. Make sure they get sunshine so they get enough vitamin D and they're out. They're running, they're walking, they're playing sports, but not sports that put them at risk for brain injury. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? So who gets more brain injuries in sports? It's kids who have ADD because they don't have appropriate anxiety. When I first became a psychiatrist, I thought my job was to lower people's anxiety. Now I've been doing it 35 years, totally not my job. I have to raise anxiety in a lot of my patients. So they stop making bonehead decisions or doing stupid things. Exercise is critical, but not in the form where they can have a head injury. So it's like, oh, I'm letting my kid get exercise by heading soccer balls. Very bad idea. Or, oh, he's playing hockey. No, not a good idea. Or he wants to play football. Really bad idea. I did the big NFL study and... Football is bad for your brain, but track is great. Tennis is great. Dancing is awesome. Not cheerleading. Why? Throw them up in the air. Where do they land? If not on their elbows, they'll land on their head. So you have to be really thoughtful and careful. Coordination exercises are the best, which is why I always advocate for table tennis and dancing. Yeah, I was reading about that recently about 
the best brain physical exercises, like physical exercises that are good for your brain. One of them, is, you know, that was on the list, which was really didn't have any impact long term on dementia, Alzheimer's, anything was cycling, like riding a bike. But dance was real high on the list, like the highest thing. So is that how you rank it? Is that kind of how you see it? I do. And the reason is, and people forget about this part of the brain called the cerebellum, back bottom part of the brain. It's only about mm -hmm. 10% of the brain's volume. It has 50% of the brain's neurons. And it's involved in coordination, but also thought coordination, how quickly you integrate new information. And it turns off in people who have ADD. And it turns off in people who have head injuries. Uh, so activating it keeping it fired up is really important. So if you're going to lift weights, do it on a balance ball. Always try to be firing up uh, the coordination part of, of your brain. And then diet is just critical. My wife, Tana, wrote a book called Healing ADD Through Food. I actually think it's her best book. She did the show with me, and when we first met, she's like, oh, I don't believe in ADD. And then I started you know, listening to about her family, and she goes, uh-oh, my mother has it, my uncle has it. Let's talk about that because she's got this book out on dealing with ADD through diet. There's two pieces that come up. One is if somebody has ADD, it's more difficult to deal with diet, isn't it? It's more difficult for them to deal with diet. How is that handled? And then what, what are, so what's some of the content in that book? Um, it is, which is why you have to make it really simple. There is a study from Holland, and they took uh, several hundred kids who had ADD. Put them on an elimination diet. It basically means they eliminated all the crap from their diet. So what could they eat? Vegetables, fruit, lamb, turkey, rice, pear juice. That was it. At the end of three months, 72% of them lost their symptoms. And so, yes, it can be challenging, but holy smokes, that's the same effectiveness as a stimulant medicine. It's cheaper, and there are no side effects to just eating the right things. Wow. So, but, you know, one of Tana's greatest gifts, besides she's beautiful and smart, is she knows how to take really healthy food and make it taste awesome. So one of our little mantras at Amen Clinics is there's no suffering required. Getting well is always about abundance. It's never about deprivation. You just, you got to lose the crap. That's, I like that. I like that, that thinking. And let's, let's just kind of guide right into, you know, like, let's say I'm listening right now. I'm a parent and I'm, I'm suspecting that one or two of my kids, you know, has these ADD symptoms right there. What you're saying. I mean, what I heard there is basically food allergens and toxins in our food really can trigger off a lot of these symptoms. So if I'm a parent, that's one of the things I want to do, isn't it? What, what else would I want to do? Well, so you'd want to get the food right. I actually have a program called Healing ADD at Home in 30 Days where Tan and I film short videos because it's like short attention span. Hello. <laughs> uh, so we filmed 30 of them. And it's, it's like just so simple. It's like today do this, tomorrow do that. And w one of the things we both think is just critical is go on an elimination diet. Do it quickly. Put everybody on the family on it. And, you know, once you sort of wrap your mind around it. It's really simple. You know, I ask kids this one question, is this good for my brain or is it bad for my brain? 
So we get the lists out, and I've been playing this game since Chloe, her 11-year-old, was two. Is this good for my brain or bad for it? And so a little education is absolutely essential. And you probably found this, too. Is kids are so open to doing the right thing, if somebody would actually tell them what the right thing is and not talk down to them. We have a high school course that's in 42 states and seven countries. And I was just blown away by how open the ninth graders are. It's like, oh, this is good for my brain. Oh, I'll think better. Oh, I'll get my homework done faster. Oh, I won't be a jerk and my girlfriend won't break up with me. <laughs> you know, I was like, make it practical. You know, you're bringing up something really interesting because there's three kids running around here. I'm up in the mountains right now. And they're like age five to ten. And their their knowledge on like food is so I mean they know how to make quinoa they know how to make you know avocado guacamoles they know how to make salads they know how to make juices they I mean they're completely in it and they're and you know at five years old they're doing this and I'm thinking geez I mean, when I was five years old I mean I don't know do you, can you connect with me on this when we were five years old did we have any knowledge about this at all I mean I was like drinking like you know tang and like terribly allergenic milk unless you're educated see at five years old i loved myself i wanted to grow i wanted to do well in school but i didn't connect at all that you know regular pasta was making me stupid or that white bread and jelly was upsetting my blood sugar so that I wasn't going to be healthy later on. You know, somebody would have, would have told me protein at each meal. You'll like this study. So there's this really funny study. But it really applies to people with ADD. They took 107 couples and they measured their blood sugar right before bedtime. And then they gave them all voodoo dolls. And they said, we want you to express your feelings about your partner by the pins in the dolls. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, it's like, who thinks of this stuff? <laughs> And, but the people who had the lowest blood sugar had double the number of pins in the dolls when it came to their partner. And a lot of people who have ADD, they don't have enough protein. And when you and I were growing up, they had like bacon and eggs for breakfast. And it went to Pop-Tarts. Yeah. And then donuts and waffles and sugar cereals and, um, you know, is it the captain, the tiger, <laughs> and the <laughs> leprechaun. Yeah. Um, and what happens is if you don't have protein in the morning or protein throughout the day, it spikes your blood sugar and it makes you feel good. People don't know that. When people eat sugar, it just slams serotonin into your brain and you're happier, but you're also sicker and you can't focus. And so protein and healthy fat, it's another thing. You know, in the early 80s, we were made afraid of fat. Fat is of the devil. Fat's the Antichrist. Fat's killing your heart. And now, I mean, it was just a couple of weeks ago, the FDA came out and said, oh, we were wrong. It's not fat. It's sugar. And because uh, when they took the fat out in the early 80s, they replaced it with sugar. And obesity skyrocketed, as did ADD. Why? Because if your blood sugar is going up and then it's dropping, so you get a sugar load, blood sugar goes up, then your pancreas goes, blood sugar's up, spit out some more insulin, drops your blood sugar. Well, when it drops it, you can't think, you can't focus, you're irritable, you're putting pins and dolls. And, you know, so let's just think this through. We went from protein breakfast in the 50s and 60s to a carbohydrate load 
in the 80s and 90s. And so I give my kid even Cheerios or Frosted Flakes. And right away, blood sugar goes up. About a half an hour later, it begins to drop. People become hungry, foggy, a little dumb. They actually discovered, they did this study on rats where they became dumb. So 45 minutes after breakfast, I'm starting school, and somebody says, focus. I can't. They go, oh, you have ADD, so let's take Ritalin. And it begins a cycle that maybe is not the best. But I'm always thinking in my head, first, do no harm. What can I do naturally first? Food, supplements, exercise. Uh, let's go there first. And if it doesn't work, then we can talk about what our options are. I wish every doctor in your field was thinking that way. And I think everybody listening feels the same way as that. One of the things that you're going to be doing is you're going to be coming, you know, down to visit us at the, at the I think this is our 13th longevity conference. Can you believe that? Oh my. And, um, and we're so excited to have you. I, I think everybody listening right now probably wants a sneak peek at what you're going to be, what you're going to be doing there at, at the longevity conference. You want to give them a little sneak peek at this point? Well, I may make them a little more anxious when it comes to their brain. I love my brain and my sneaky goal is to create brain warriors. Um, I literally want to change the world one brain at a time. The talk I'm going to do there is healing ADD. So if you like what we're talking about on the phone, I'm going to give you sort of the Amen Clinic's look based on 30,000 patients we've seen who have ADD um, over the last 25 years. Uh, we're going to talk about, so what does it look like? Um, what are the types? What are the natural ways to heal it? And how to think about supplements and medications. It's really sort of an inside look, both from someone who's lived in an ADD family, but who scanned thousands of ADD brains and treated thousands of people. So it will be funny, I promise. I mean, it'll be fun because, you know, if you're going to talk to people who have ADD, you have to keep them entertained or they just walk out on you. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> you're, a, you're an amazing presenter, by the way, and you've always gotten super high marks from our audiences, and we're, we're excited to have you back. I want to just give, a, give you a chance to tell everybody how they can track down an Amen Clinic near them. I think it's amenclinics.com. Isn't that your main website where all the clinics can be found there? It is, and they can learn about what we do. Um, you know, I'd love for them to see. I have a TEDx talk called "The Most Important Lesson from 83,000 Scans." They can find that on our website. It just went over a million views, and you know, we're just passionate. And and if you don't have ADD, you know somebody that does. But our our work is so much more than that. I mean, ultimately, it's about preventing aging and Alzheimer's disease. I'm just so excited. There's a brand new study just released from UCLA where they actually took people with Alzheimer's disease and put them on a program very similar to what I'm going to talk about. And nine of the people at six months were significantly better. In fact, six of them went back to work. So there's a new movement that you're not stuck with the brain you have. You can make it better. You just got to do the right things and fall in love with it.
that is fascinating. And, and thank you for that. That gives us a lot of hope that we can change our brains. And you're always saying that. And you're also always saying you change your brain, you change your life. Everybody, this is Dr. Daniel Amen that we've been, been hearing from. I'm David Avocado Wolf, and we're wishing you the best day ever. We're going to be together at the Longevity Conference in Anaheim, California. Different this time. We're going to be still in Orange County, but over in Anaheim, and we'll be at the Hilton. You can find all the details at longevityconference.com. And remember, that's a Friday through a Sunday, April 24th through 26, 2015. Dr. Amen, myself. Ron T. Garden, Dr. Joseph Mercola, Dr. Alyssa Rankin, Dave Asprey, Dr. Dave Wojnarowski, Nadine Artemis, and many of us are going to be there. We're going to be presenting all weekend. It's an all-star cast. Please join us. Book your room now because this event will sell out. Thanks so much, Dr. Amen. Much love to you and your beautiful wife. Have the best day ever. We appreciate you. Great. Thanks, David.